In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are all the way up to album 38, I think. Remain in the light by the Talking Heads. All right, everybody. So listen, guys, let's turn on the radio and let's listen to K-Rob. Welcome to K-Rob. We just switched over from alternative music to music Rob likes. And to start the new station, we got an email here from a listener. This is from Aaron's wife at gmail.com. She writes, guys, can you please play a song that Aaron would like? He's been feeling pretty sad lately about how mean everybody's been. Oh, yeah. You may find yourself living in a tiny house. You may find yourself living on the West Coast and hanging up clothes in this tiny house. You may find yourself in the backseat of a large automobile. You may find yourself sleeping in a tent in the garage with a couple of mice. You may ask yourself, why do all the guys make fun of me? We want Aaron's life. Yes, we're very jealous. He works from 3.30 to 5. He never overdoes it. He's going hiking again. His wife puts up with him. We all want Aaron's life. We all want Aaron's life. Yes. When you want to hear about yes. the greatest albums of all yeah. time. Here's it, everyone. Originally, I had the rhyme beat Aaron's wife and the whole song, and then I was like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I do not have a friend whose wife still likes me. There's not a single one. All of them eventually turn on me. Every single wife. Hates me by the end. Somewhere there's some poor bastard who has an Aaron's wife at gmail.com who's going to get all these emails after this. I feel bad for that person right now. Uh, yeah, I've sent him a, I've sent him some stuff I probably can't take back. <laughs> Rob, I'll be honest with you. My son asked me today if Rob is the best person, and I did not say no. I didn't say yes either, yes. but I didn't say no. The best person? <laughs> yes. It's like true. as a person. I think about doing good things all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, like at the checkout when they're like, hey, do you want to donate a dollar? I'm like, no, sorry, I donate already. And then I'm like, God, I got to start donating already so I can actually believe that when I say, you know, so I'm not just giving a dollar to like, I'm here with three guys that find themselves stuck making a 10 year long podcast. We didn't think about say, that like, when we started. Find them so stuck like that, Rob. You got to put a little pizzazz in it. Come on. Well, we've got Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing? You know, Rob, this goes out to Magic Mike and all his facts. Facts aren't simple and facts aren't straight. Facts are lazy and facts are lame. Facts don't come with our amazing point of view. Facts don't do what our dumb shit listeners want us to do. Take a look at these hands, Rob. Take a look at these hands. Ah. I'll tell you what. That reminds me of Aaron when he's always saying, facts don't care about your feelings. Then he's going on and on with that QAnon stuff. It's like, yeah, I get it. You know, like, okay. I got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Excellent, Rob. Thanks for having me. Oh, God, I was going to take a drink there, and you, you answered so fast. <laughs> I got Aaron out on the West Coast. Aaron, how are you doing? And you're in your tiny house today. West Coast? I'm in my house. It is not a house in motion, but I am inside the house tonight, so we'll see how it goes. I'm not in the garage. I did see a rat walk across the street today, so that was kind of weird. Put you at home, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, hey, what was Is that po- really what you're going to open up the podcast with? I saw a rat cross the street today. I, well, it, well, you don't that's see it. That's what we're starting. That's weird. It could have been a possum. I'm not sure, but it was definitely a critter oh, that looked wait, a rat or possum like walking across the street outside the house. You don't know certain. if it was a rat or an opossum. That is wild. I don't know because it could be little. Kind of picturing him like listening to a little uh, 
you know, don't worry. Be happy as he's <laughs> yeah. kind of strolling. He said he's just kind of strolling across yeah. the street. And That's yeah. kind of what he was doing. Just, hey, having a great time out on the West Coast. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. His kid's falling and like busting his teeth open, whatever he always does. And Aaron's like, hey, I think that's a possum or a rat over there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Moseying on over. Let's get right into our voicemail. So stupid. <laughs> I can kiss my ass. Dumb shit listeners. They can't even tell what we're doing. Yeah, I don't know why listeners God, have not been calling as much lately uh, after playing that bit. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, boys. I know it's been a long time since you've heard from your target demographic of middle-aged women from Minnesota. Now, that does seem, I have to say, that seems targeted at one of us. I'm just going to say that right now. That seems that seems aggressively so targeted. So, I thought I'd call in. This is Krista. I just finished the Dre episode. Oh. And it is at the top of my list. I really enjoyed that one. Um, Thank you. There were plenty of D's Nets jokes to go around, so everybody can feel good oh, about yeah. that. I have to say that as yep. a uh, white Lutheran girl from the suburbs, I had no right listening to hip hop, but I love it. And I guarantee if my dad knew I listened to these, this music um, at that age, I would bad probably girl. get grounded now because some girl. of those things still make me blush, <laughs> even though I love it. The first time I heard Easy E's, you ready for it, Rob? Give me that nut. Such a good beat. <laughs> oh, wow, Rob, you went right for the vulgar stuff on this clip here, didn't you? Uh, trust me, it is not hard to find vulgar stuff on this song. <laughs> Just check out the chorus. We're 30 seconds in. Oh, yeah. Oh, give me that nut, uh, Dare. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That nut. This is great. Matt has literally just put his heads on his head and he's relaxing now like he's sitting in a lawn chair. He's, he's just enjoying the ride right now. I blessed, mm. oh. but then I needed more. Um, I will oh. agree oh. with Russell. The Defiant Ones is a fantastic documentary. Pause, 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 pause. She just agreed with me. This has not happened in my world in a long, long time where I've gotten any props from a lady. So... Erica or Krista or whatever, who is this that's leaving this message? I appreciate it. <laughs> Erica's not even close. The Defiant One oh, is a fantastic oh, right. documentary. I also think mm. you guys could um, learn from Straight Outta Compton. I'm surprised you didn't mention that movie. Um, might be a little one-sided considering we don't have Easy es opinion on that, R.I.P., and also because Dre Or we could be I saving that for Straight Outta so Compton album, which would make sense on this type of podcast, honest. right? Dumb shit um, listeners. I, I will also say I loved the list of Dre-produced songs. Man. Those were some good songs. They were all my jam. I will say I agree. I was never really into club. That song was big mm. when I was in college and you know where. Um, and so the club I went to was the upstairs of the Rube. So I don't really yes. think yes. that counts as a club. Uh, to- well, now, wait a minute. We got to talk a little it bit. Counts. So so she's talking about our haunt in college, which was basically the upstairs of the Rube, which as I remember it, now, first There's of all, the number shot. one thing I think about of the stairs is I did see a woman once fall down, drink so much, and then fall down those stairs. And I laughed and I laughed because it was like a nice fall where it was like butt <laughs> down and then like she wanted to do it, you know, on the way down. It wasn't like a tumble. It was kind of like no. a, a stumble. <laughs> no, it was. But it, that was wild. So you picture yourself. You're in this grimy college bar. You go upstairs, oh, yeah. which, first of all, would like that means that me talking to women up in the bar, I was always like this. How, how's it going tonight? What's up? 
Can you believe they made me pay four dollars for this bo- this picture of Miller High Life? I can't believe I had to pay four dollars for this. And then I re- all I remember is that they had a <laughs> pinball machine up there, and then one time they gave free buffalo wings, and Dave ate so many that he got a Joker smile. Where when he had the, he like slept under the pinball. I don't remember. There's some stuff maybe I'm not too clear on. For some reason I can't remember why. Yeah, they had free tater skins and buffalo wings at happy hour. And then I sometimes ate so many buffalo wings that I, and drank so much bush light that when I went home and peed, it would smell like buffalo wings and bush light. Matt, Matt, didn't we go to this bar for your 21st birthday? I believe we went there for your 21st birthday and you had a few shots. Didn't they do the give me the red one, give me the green one, give me the, the water or something like that? Oh, no. Yep. They had like they had Joe from Woodbury yeah. famously gave me a couple of shots of water and then I, I was half in the bag. So, yeah, the third one I thought it was water again, but it was some sort of vodka <laughs> happens as your buddy shows up and he, he comes and he taps you like on the side when no one's looking and he says, Hey, I'm going to make you look like a badass. I'm going to get you three shots. They're all going to be water. Just mm-hmm. act like make a mm-hmm. face, act like you're super tough when you're taking them. So they gives you one, take the first water. shot, water, yep. second shot, water, third, but like you're making all these faces, you're playing it up. And then the third one, he just rails you with something hard, right? And it catches you off yeah, guard. Is yeah. that right? So oh, wow. Jo- Joe, Joe from Woodbury, that's the kind of guy he is. So, yeah. 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 yeah that's I never cool. saw anybody get railed with something hard at the Rube, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just love that that was a thing. Like, it's been done so many times. Somebody's like, I'm going to do the old three shots of water game. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you imagine doing that now? It's like a 40 year old, like, hey, I'm going to get you three shots. You'd be like, well, no, stop right there. I'm not doing that. Not I had one shot two shots. weeks ago, and I'm still recovering from that. Like, well, the other one, shots, I, so I, might, two, but not, did, not I had to do the cement yeah. mixer. Did you guys ever have to do any of the uh, bizarre shots? Like the, yeah. they would yeah. pour the Kahlua and the lemon, and it would curdle the that type of stuff. No, for me, it's just prairie fires these days. You know, a little Tabasco, <laughs> a little whiskey. I, call, I think that's kind of a nightcap for me. Not a big deal. Of course, all my birth, my birthday's in May, so all my birthdays in college coincided directly with finals. So no one ever wanted to go out with me. I once went, I was like, hey, does anybody want to go to Taco Bell? Like, and people are like, no, I'm studying. I was like, (laughs) meanwhile, my wife's birthday is in, my wife's birthday is in September. So everybody wanted to go out with her because it was like, Mm. she could just go, you know, and then she was 21 and I wasn't. So she would go out to the bar and I would stay at home. That's why I'm going to tell my kids the first thing you need to do in college is get a fake ID. Because that is where it's not even about the drinking. That's just where fun stuff happens. Like I was at home in my room playing NBA 95 on Sega Genesis waiting for this, my future wife to come back. Wait, are we talking about college or the last hour of my evening? Is that what I'm, wait, well, all right, this is getting too real for us. We might no. need to move on here. No, there's, there's none of us waiting for each other to come home. We, we see each other. We're like, hey, how's it going? And then like one of us had headphones in, so we don't even hear each other. We're like, okay, well, see you later. Things out, I just want to say what my favorite song is about still going? marijuana, even though I am not a partaker is um Mary she doesn't James do marijuana by rick james that song oh, oh that's, that's actually a, a great pick that's a great I'm song Such a James. Main Main James. this is fantastic yeah rick james is the absolute classic man she's she's damn, i don't think I've, I, I feel like i've never heard this song before believe it or not oh it's a super gem this whole album's great Man, is I, Rick I just, James on the list? Matt, is Rick James on the list anywhere? I don't know. I didn't pull my list up today. Oh, Jesus. What got the shit? The, You're just the, throwing the, it in I'm tired, college. guys. I'm tired. Oh, no. Matt, we got to get moving. Matt's tired. We're getting the, we're getting the keep going. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, a, this is a ticking clock before we all fall asleep. We're definitely not going to stay up for two hours after this and chat with each other about the same stuff we talked about last week. 
All right. So let's get into everybody's rolling going. It's, it's, it's time. It's time to see what everybody's up to. It's time yeah, yeah, for yeah. rolling going. going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got, I got something I got to get off my chest. I got to talk about. Nice. Yeah, you guys fun. ever, you guys ever make a mistake and no. the mistake itself isn't the hard part. It's knowing you're going to have to live with this mistake for a, an extended period of time that, that at that moment, when you make the mistake, that's the worst part, knowing that this is going to last for a while. Are you quitting the podcast on air? With us, I don't want to hear about it like this. Are you quitting the fucking podcast after I made that song? Yeah. I made a song about how jealous we are of your life. And you're quitting the podcast. Outrageous. You could have told us, told, you could have sent me a text before I drove home at 10 p.m. on a Friday night to record this shit, Aaron. Yeah. My rolling going was Aaron's off the podcast. So I guess now, now what am I supposed to talk about? A few a few episodes ago, I said that my wife, you know, it would be nice if she just put a spoon in the dishwasher. Uh-oh. Oh, no. That was, oh. I knew that one right away. She actually does a ton. She's trying to make no. kind of a subtle joke. And that's oh, that's wow. getting edited out. The only part that's what? being edited, it's, this podcast is going to start with you being like, she doesn't put a spoon in the dishwasher. <laughs> so, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So you guys I've never pick on my West Coast lifestyle and sensibilities. And for a long time, mm-hmm. I, I went through the exercise of trying to buy more earth friendly aluminum foil like the recycled stuff or what the shit and it's what this the shit the is terrible what the what the hell is more earth friendly aluminum I, foil how can it be anything but aluminum what does that mean like what does it mean it's like it? it's thinner and it's made out of recycled material instead of mm. and it's terrible it's awful it wrecks oh, your imagine that. night Jeez. every time you try to use never it. Would have thought, never no, would have guessed I, that. You know, right. that's a big surprise because it is a lot of times I'm using tin uh, aluminum foil and I'm like god I wish this was thinner like, I wish this was just so thin because you know what I love using cling wrap. Oh, that's my favorite. It's so thin and, and it's somehow thin and hard to tear and I never know how to use it. So I wish aluminum foil is more like cling wrap. So I finally decided, you know what? I can do other things to help save the planet. I'm going to just go right back to Reynolds aluminum foil. I'm not messing around. I'm going to get the military grade mm. stuff when I buy aluminum foil. Nice. So I bought 200 feet of it. Like, I'm not going to fuck around. I went to the grocery feet. store. I bought the 200 foot mm-hmm. roll of aluminum foil. Well, we know Aaron loves feet. I've, <laughs> I've been, I've been really working on my aluminum foil tearing technique. I've gotten it down. So I don't, cause I used to have a lot of problems where I would try to tear it and I'd get a corner that oh. was broken off and it would piss me off. So I've really improved what the hell my technique with the aluminum about? foil. Cause I use it for bacon oh, or yeah. whatever else I'm roasting. <laughs> so on Wednesday night, I'm going to roast some asparagus. I go to grab the aluminum foil out of the cupboard I fucking drop the aluminum foil on the ground and the end of the tube gets all bent and kinked up so that the, the foil's kind of crinkled. And so as you unravel the unroll the foil, one end starts to tear off. So it's not a perfect rectangle anymore. And I've only used eight feet of this 200 foot roll. I now have to live with this mistake for another 192 feet of aluminum foil. I'm so upset about this. I've been just beside myself all week. I'm so pissed every time I got to use it. Ask him, Rob. Ask him. Did, did you just what go you dump the other 196 feet in the bay and like like drown a seal with it? Or what do you do with it? No, I, 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 I don't get my, like my marriage is hanging on by a thread. I can barely <laughs> like interact with my kids. Like my job is super stressful. I, what the fuck is going on in your life that this is your thing where you're like, Oh, I've got this thing where I've got to have a conversation with these guys and we really need to fill content. 
know. I know what I'm going to talk about. And you were excited. You're like, I got a good one. I got something. I think I've been upset about it. Um, well, here here's the thing. I think you got to put a you got to put a price tag on it. I'm looking oh. it up right now, oh. and it says at t- my favorite store. <laughs> it's nine forty nine for a two hundred foot roll. Aaron's got to work like two weeks to make nine nine dollars and forty nine cents. If just they picture that ten dollar bill that you just lit it on fire, throw mm-hmm. that shit away, and just say I'm done with it. But or then it's wasted. It, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a waste of the perfectly good aluminum foil. You save that aluminum foil for crafting. Yeah, because your kid oh, is getting right to that crafting age where right. they're going to need like like masking tape in my house. Masking tape is like the world's most valuable resource in my house. We buy it at Costco. We buy like six rolls of masking tape at a time. It's gone in like days. Masking tape and scissors. All we have like thirty pairs of scissors. No idea where they are. The girls yeah. just take them and then use them to tape everything up and cut stuff. I don't even know what they're doing. Like I said, I don't have time to interact with my family. I'm too busy planning this podcast. <laughs> Aaron, I'm sure your son could put an aluminum foil, foil hat on or something if he had mm-hmm. to listen to you talk about these stories for too long, right? Like He, he yeah. could find a, a use for that real quick. Dad, Dad, my friends at school say they have a m- 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 microwave. We better put on these hats and protect ourselves. <laughs> oh, yes, no. we should, son. Oh, no. <laughs> but the, now the I feel like I got to stand up for Aaron because he's I feel bad making fun of Aaron's kid. Yeah, we, I'm going to take that back. Yeah. I, I the borderline bad. happy ending of the story is I told my wife how upset I was, and she was like, "Relax. What are you so upset about?" And then she tried to use the aluminum foil the next day, and she was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is terrible." But I think she fixed. Then it. she's pissed at you. I think she got it fixed, so I think it's going to be okay. I'm not certain, but I was really in that moment. I was looking. I was just staring down the barrel of 192 feet of messed up aluminum foil that's what i'm gonna start calling my penis 160 feet <laughs> the end is kinked and it's weird doesn't roll out right hey hey aaron's rob aaron's aluminum foil yeah aaron's aluminum foil bends where other people's end right <laughs> dropping it on the floor <laughs> My wife tried to use it. Didn't work. That's what I'm going to start calling the penis. <laughs> All right. So Aaron, that story was dumb as shit. Matt, what's where you're rolling going? How are you doing? Good. I got uh, three things on my list today. Three. Um, there's nothing worse mm. than going to Chipotle and just getting ready to have just the one of the best. I don't know if it's technically fast food. I'm calling it fast food. But sure. No, for sure. The best it food. definitely is. And they yeah, just they put too much cilantro in the rice. Because mm-hmm. I just can't stand the cilantro, so there's nothing worse than that. Are you I a wish... cilantro soap guy? Yeah, I am. So yeah. like the how do you know if you're a cilantro soap guy? You don't know anything else. That's all you know is if it tastes. You only know how do you know if it tastes? It like just soap? it tastes horrible, and it's not like the leaves; it's the stems. It's the stems of the cilantro, mm-hmm. and like I can, I can, I, I just know. You just know, I guess, is the best way. So to that say means it. I so, don't know because if, right, I yeah, would know if, you, if I knew. Right, you would know. Yeah, it, right. it tastes bad. So I yes, I am in the ten percent there. Um, so did you ask for the the non cilantro rice and it messed up? You were like, I'm just gonna take cilantro. (laughs) Yeah, don't they have? I don't think they have non cilantro rice. Yeah, is Aaron influencing you? Is Aaron influencing (laughs) you with the things that you talk about on Rolling Stone? Because I see (laughs) now that you have a list, and number one on the list with a bullet is just cilantro, and that's it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that was the quick one. I got I got stuff to bring up and ask you. I got to need some advice from you guys on some things. So. I like it. I think the All reality right. is, Here though, that. that we're not that interesting to survive like 40 straight weeks of talking about what's going on in our lives, right? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That um, is totally true. <laughs> I, got a, I got my second COVID shot today. 
Yeah, okay. so far it's a little sore. Aaron, Aaron's giving double thumbs down. Aaron, don't. Do that, don't. <laughs> Aaron, we're tired of looking, yeah. at, looking at those hands. Put yeah, those hands. The, oh, the now Aaron put on though. a tinfoil hat. Yeah. It's all bent on the end. I don't know why it's all bent on the end, but a lot of people say oh, the sure. second one, and I think Rob, you had this. You, you get pretty sick the next day, or you know, at least you have a bad day. And yeah, I, I was just, sick. I, I was sick of my family for sure. I yeah, well. <laughs> I feel like I'm not going to get sick, but like Sarah has been nice enough to kind of craft out that, you know, tomorrow is like, oh, well, you know, well, I'll, I'll take care of some of this stuff just in case Mm -hmm. you're sick and all this stuff. So even if I'm not sick, do I just like lay on the couch? You got to take advantage of that. Yes. You got to take advantage of that. Yes, you have to. It's your sitting underwear and play video games day. Like this is your day. This is, that's what, okay. That's what I'm going to go with. The Oscars are on Sunday. You can do some Oscars prep. You can yeah, you can catch up on Oscar nominated films. Yeah, yeah, Oscars? that's coming up on Sunday. Yeah, they're on yeah, Sunday. All those yeah. movies um, that were in the theaters that everyone saw. I mean, yeah. Aaron saw him. He was still going. Yeah, right. <laughs> I drove to Texas. There's a couple things in. There's a couple things. I'm in eating this world. popcorn, man. I don't have to wear a mask. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. eating popcorn. <laughs> Jill Biden's not even a real doctor. Oh, oh no! no. It's like oh, Rob, Rob, guys, we're trying to Rob. watch a movie. Rob, I didn't. It's Aaron. Yeah, what's number three? Um, there's there's a few things in this world where people are trying to do the right thing, but I it it, mm. it just bugs the bugs the shit out of me. Mm. And are you quitting I, the podcast I don't think, too? I don't no. think that I'm I don't think that I'm being irrational, but I gotta run this by you. So Leo, uh he's nine. We're trying to get him so he can bike over to Grandma Grandpa's house. So Grandma Grandpa mm-hmm. lives about a mile, mile and a quarter away driving around up and down the highway. We got to cross over a couple semi-busy streets, mm-hmm. um, you know, that are going. So, you know, I'm trying to teach him like, look, there's a stop sign here. You can kind of roll through, you know, if there's nobody coming, but you got to stop. Right. And so we're coming up to the stop sign and a car is coming on the busy street. There's no stop sign for the going, going across ways. Right? right. But we've got the stop sign. So we stop. Well, the guy's trying to be nice and say, Oh, you know, the kid, oh, come on, kids, come on, kids. You know, do the kids. And I'm like, go. Yeah. You know, like you're not teaching the kid correctly if you're a car who's going to stop. Because then the next time he gets up to the intersection, he's going to think that that car is going to stop and wave him by. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, yeah. it's happened like three or four times. And it just want to get just you're not helping. You're not helping. Give it up. So you, am I irrational in my thinking here? I, I, I think they're, they're, they're coming at it with the best intentions, like Aaron said. Yes. They're, they're trying to do the right thing, but they don't realize like the, what the long-term consequences of this can be, right? Yeah, it's kind of like bike helmets, right? Like when we were kids, we didn't wear bike mm-hmm. helmets. And you'd bike. Aaron's and you'd, wearing one tonight inside. For fall, reason, I don't know why. It's made of tinfoil. Yeah, it's all bent on You'd fall end. off your bike, and you'd hit your head, and you'd say, ow, and you wouldn't fall off your bike anymore. But kids these days, they wear bike helmets, fall off, and it doesn't hurt. So they just keep falling off their bikes, right? <laughs> To all those parents out there, I, I'm not sure about that one. Plenty of ways for for falling yeah. off your bike to hurt, even if you hit your head. Matt, on another, <laughs> on another, on another thing. After today, Leo couldn't ride his bike anymore. He doesn't have any more balance. He kept falling on his head, and I was like, "Don't, don't wear that helmet." Yeah, yeah. So. I think you need to teach him to do the point. Like, do you guys ever get to like a four way stop and everyone's sitting there? But if one of you just is like aggressive with a point, you point at someone like. You're going, man. I'm oh, sitting yeah, here like and I'm that. pointing Take at you. Take charge of the situation. I think you need to teach Leo the point where he points at the car and it's like, it's you. It's your I, turn to go. Do you ever do the point at yourself as you go through the intersection? Like, <laughs> well, every time. You're going through. It's me. it's me. You know what I would teach Leo in, in those in those uh, things? Is 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 he a, do you think he's a thumb out or a thumb in? Kid? On the finger? Oh. I think he's a thumb out guy. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. 
If your kid was a thumb out, middle finger person, I'd be like, wow, I'm so proud of you. Because, you know, my Matt, thumb, I mean, again, Matt, I have a question. Your kids are old enough to be into this. Uh, Aaron, your, your son's probably a little young. Rob, your girls are probably old enough. Are your kids at the middle finger stage? I, I got a story nope. from my sister the nope. other day that yeah. my nephew, no. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but my nephew dropped a middle finger on the bus. Oh, we can always mm. cut it out. And I don't it. know yeah. if he knows what it means. He's five years old. I don't even know if he Ooh, knows what it means, but he got in trouble on the bus for this. And I heard oh, about boy. it. Are your kids at the middle finger stage or do they do that type of thing or not? Not at the middle finger, but at the uh, Leo knows swear words. Right? Goes, yeah. You know, that's, that's almost the swear word. Goes, yeah, it's almost, but you know, things like that. So we're at swear word stage, mm-hmm. but not middle finger stage. So no, my son's still at the stage where he still points at things with his middle finger, not knowing. So he's he'll like, he'll use right. his middle finger to point at yeah. stuff on a page. So he's, he's not <laughs> daddy. Not why is that? Why is that aluminum foil? So bent up? <laughs> Um, by the way, very good visual gag with my tiny finger pointing at the foil. <laughs> Rob, do your daughters use the finger or, or foul language or anything or not? You know, I, the thing with, that's the thing about raising them in New York is it's less about like, cause there's so much casual swearing, like on the subway or in the street that it, it, my oldest one is starting to explore the use of swear words. She, she doesn't really, she uses them kind of testing around the house and we have to be like, Oh no, let's not do that or whatever. But when you've taken your daughter on the subway and you turn the corner and some guy's jacking off and you walk by him, <laughs> the idea that she might say like shit every once in a while does not seem like that big of a deal. You know what I mean? And I have to explain to her like, okay, why is that guy like humping that garbage can uh, down on the F train? Especially when he's listening to our podcast and you talking about Tony Danza and that's what he's getting off to it. Like, I mean, what are you going to say to her, right? Oh my like, God. dad I'd made a mistake. So happy. Dad made a mistake. I'm sorry. And and I would treasure those downloads. I'd be like, please. <laughs> Do you want to call the back line? Do you have the number? I'll buy you a burner phone. Yeah. <laughs> please. You're literally our number two fan. Like, it's, you know, Krista gets tired calling the voice line every day just to have us say, like, oh, that's dumb as shit what you just said. <laughs> Do you want to call, sir? Yeah, but no, it is it is something watching kids like figure out the swear. Well, of course, you know, hanging out with Jenny and I, you could imagine like there's quite a bit of swearing going on in the house almost all the time. That and lifting weights and playing video games. It's a mm. perfect. It's a perfect. Why would you not want to be my kid? I'm playing yeah, video I mean, games, lifting weights, and swearing. And my kids are like, "This is the dumbest ever." You should follow <laughs> the rules. I'm like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> They're telling you to follow the rules. Yeah. Oh, oh, my oldest one. Oh my god, she's such a rule follower that. When we go on vacation, her favorite place to go, like in Italy, were like the old jails. Because you think about like people <laughs> oh, breaking no. the rules and getting in trouble. She'd be like, mm, yes. Like when I explained to her what a parking meter was, she's like, mm, yes, people get a ticket if they park here too long. I was like, what? What kind of sicko are you that likes the rules? Because I always say to the girls, I do the gag where I'm like, hey, let's shoplift something. So Just she's going to be a prosecutor when she grows <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. Oh. She's going to be a lawyer. Or she's a, a narc. Yeah, because yeah, I'm always like, yeah. girls, take a candy bar. If they don't catch us, it's okay. And if they catch us, just say you did it on purpose and that, you know, it's that you won't really get in trouble. So women get so mad at me. That's one of my favorite gags. And then the one where I act like I'm going to jump in front of the subway train, which I've mentioned before, where I say goodbye. I love. As soon as I say goodbye, I love you to the girls, they go, oh, no. That's horrible. So, I'm like, well, I saw the guy jacking off by the train. There's nothing else to live for. Goodbye, girls. Oh, but wait, he's listening to my Tony Danza impression. <laughs> wait, is that Mona over there? The, uh, Mona. The subway stop? You know, Mona. The more I talk, the more I realize why it might not be so great to be my kid. You get a lot of mixed messages. Uh, Russell, rolling going. How's it going with you? 
It's going well. And I, I thought I would get you guys some, some advice from you guys. This is not a dating advice corner, but it's another type of advice. But I know Rob, Rob is a big lifter. Rob lifts a lot. Aaron, Matt, I know you guys are trying to stay in shape, but I went back to the gym. I hadn't been back to the gym too many times since the pandemic, but I went back recently and I ran into this situation. I wanted to see how you guys would deal with this. So get, 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 get to the corner. It's time for Russell's Advice Corner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe Matt and Aaron can touch on this first because Rob is like a professional lifter. So he's probably going to have a different view on this. But I was at the gym the other day and everyone's wearing their masks. People are keeping their distance and everything. But what is your guys' thoughts about people who like monopolize a piece of equipment or a part of the gym for like an extended Mm. period of time? We're talking... 20 plus minutes, 30 minutes where they are on that machine or you are doing some sort of lift by the machine. So there were, I was going to use this leg extension machine and it, uh, there were like three machines I was going to use. And there were two people that just decided to do their whole routine right in front of the machine where they would do like a set of one thing on the machine. And then they would get up and start doing a curls with a, uh, a bar no. and they would just, they monopolized Rude. a part of the gym for 30 no. minutes. What are your thoughts on Rude. that? So first of all, Russell, I know you're lying and I know you're using the hip <laughs> adductor, the one where you spread your legs and you're working on those muscles. So I, for the rest of this time, we're going to picture Russell trying to get on the hip adductor. Rob, machine. it was the first hour that I did the hip abductor. I went for two hours this time. An hour, so please. Oh, please. You couldn't you're just walk crushing, Rob. By the end, you're like crushing walnuts in your thighs. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, get off that hip abductor, lady. Aaron, what do you think? What's some gym etiquette with that stuff? That is so for me, I, I love, I, we had a gym at my, at my office when I had to go to my office and I love going to the gym because I love that anyone who's there is just trying to make their day go better or better themselves. So I'm, I, I am not super, working like you're not working or not working, mm. just trying to escape work. Any of that. I love <laughs> yeah. it. I'm super supportive and positive with anyone, anyone who's at the gym. But when, when and that behavior it, comes up and is it that's true, when, Aaron, I become, that when you say, Aaron, shut up. Is it true that when you say that you're supportive and positive, what you mean is that if any women are working out, you go over and try to correct their form? Like oh, yeah, your hands on their waist that, and being like, no, this is how you do me. it. You got to do it like this that, slower. That would never you know? be me. But when people okay. monopolize the machine, that is like, I'm on a podcast, you know? I become like internet, you know, fitness guy where I'm like, this guy was using the bench for 30 minutes and he wasn't even doing full reps. Yeah. He was only doing half, you know, and the, and, and any other time I'm like, oh, that's cool. That guy's got his own bench style. But but yeah, I get I get irrationally angry when that happens. And and I got no problem. Like if you have if there are multiple, if you have you're using a bench, you're using a squat rack, and there are multiple options and someone's monopolizing it, that's fine. But if there are not multiple options, I right. think you gotta get your shit in no. and move along. Yes. There's a there's 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 kind of a hierarchy at the gym, depending on I mean Depends on where you go, right? So I'm a more of an LA fitness guy than like a lifetime. You know, lifetime's a lot more expensive. Rob, you pay like thousands of dollars for your gym. I'm guessing so. They've got no like, idea. Jenny does it. it, so I'm sure it's t- I'm sure it's actually ten thousands of dollars. And so and I and I used to I used to go a lot before the pandemic to at like five in the morning, right? And there'd be people lined up, and I'd get there at five, and I'd be out by six six thirty, and get everything in, right? But it's the same people every day, mm-hmm. and it's the same people for like the last 10 years. And so they've been coming at the exact same time for that much every day. And every Tuesday, you know, they're doing this and there's this guy who, yeah. you know, he'd always he'd just do horrible. My guess is, stuff, my right? guess he's doing dips. The thing that makes you feel terrible that you can't do. I right? love dips. God, I love dips. <laughs> Wait, you can do them? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, this is bullshit. Mm. Let's move yeah. it along. 
Yeah, so, I also so love the, dips. So but the problem is, is like, if, if they're there every day doing that, but like, if they've been there for five years and every Tuesday at six o'clock, let's say, and the it, in, and that's the, what they've done, like I give them a little bit of a pass. <laughs> I got to if you're if they're there every day doing that, you know, like religiously. I mean, that kind of does turn into their machine, if you will, at that time. I don't know. It, it, I'm slightly in that camp, so I think you got to kind of feel it out. And if like this person, the next that's Aaron at the gym, yeah. You know, so I, <laughs> I get, I get it, Rob. I see. <laughs> Rob, what are your thoughts? You're, you're a professional gym goer. What are your thoughts on monopolizing a machine at the yeah, gym? Yeah, it's horse shit. If there's limited equipment, you cannot superset it with that equipment. Yeah. There's a superset does not, does not do that much of a benefit where you get to take up the time and you have all the right to be like, Hey, can I hop in between your sets? And they got to say yes. In a, in a post pandemic world where we're coming off this, I understand some people probably aren't even comfortable going to the gym at all, but like, you're not going to jump in in the middle of a set with someone using a machine anymore. It's just not going to happen, right? Yeah, that shit doesn't spread by touch. Just just get in there. <laughs> it's true. Don't ask. Just get my favorite part of the gym. I think Arnold said he goes, "You know what really helped me when I was at the gym is checking Instagram between every lift." I will I lifted at a place where you get like these 20-year-olds in there and literally like it's 10 minutes of checking Instagram and then they're benching. I'm like, guys, don't make me hate you anymore. You know what I mean? It's like when I go to the grocery store now and I see somebody and they've got like Captain Crunch and four frozen pizzas. And I just want to be like, fuck you. I've got a family. I can't do this. Shit <laughs> like at the gym, I'm like, I got to get home and put my, balls. I got to get home and put my kids to bed. I can't just be sitting here on my Instagram all day. It's, you should start a, a new club of people that get, that get the pe- frozen pizzas and the Captain Crunch instead of doing this podcast. Rob. Oh, it, when they're. When they're doing the thing where their their cart looks like a Cuban uh, refugee ship coming to Florida because they've got the Mountain Dews, oh, the no. six pack of Mountain Dews lined up oh, on the no, sides, Rob. you know, so they have more time Aaron's to put not even it. looking at you, Rob. Oh, my God. It's just, I'm just like, you fucking piece of shit with no family. Like, how dare you make a good decision? And by the way, man, I kept and crunched the roof of my mouth on a bagel at lunch today. I had an everything bagel for lunch and my I, I can't even eat anything else the rest of the day. It's, it's just, I got it's that just like clock feeling going brings on. Brings it back to what he what? eats every day. Yeah. <laughs> you got your shit Cut up by a, everything bagel? Yeah. Oh, man. Listen, I don't want to shame, but that's fucking soft, dude. Ooh, ooh, ooh. This bagel has everything. You don't feel until later where you're like, what did I eat? What? Like, was I eating razor blades? Why is the roof of my mouth feel so bad? See, and that's why I have the fitness guy, because I've never once thought, like, what did I eat earlier? And now sometimes I look at my thing and I'm like, what did I eat earlier? Oh my God. I can't believe I ate that already today. <laughs> I ate a whole bag of Doritos. It's so funny when people come you. to me for fitness advice. <laughs> well, you're a lot you're stronger a than, people, than, we, yeah. than, than we think you are. Rob, rolling going. How's it going with you? I, well, I just want to say one thing. I'll tell you what's the most stressful thing about spotting is I, there's a guy who went it's to It's when gym. your nuts are hanging in someone's face while you're holding the damn bar on the bed. <laughs> well, no, that, you, that yeah, is. That if that's not the most stressful thing, then there's something wrong with you. Dragging these nuts across Imagine dragons. The only person I spot is my wife. And I did do the thing where I touched the bar the other day when she was benching and literally she was benching and it stopped. And so I helped it up and she goes, what the fuck are you doing? Don't touch the bar. And I was like, oh, my God. Like I got yelled at for my bad spot. Are you doing just the two finger thing too? You're just giving just, yeah, I'm a, just little giving a little bit. Of, and she was so yeah. fucking pissed at me. And I was like, and you know what? I totally understood. Actually. I was like, yeah, that was a bad spot. I'm really sorry. Like I, I couldn't even be mad at her for yelling at me. She was right. The, the only worst thing is I, I remember about a year ago, I was at the gym and I was, I was doing a bench and this guy came up to me afterwards. He's like, do you need a spot? And I think he was worried that I was going to have a problem, like not being able to get it up. Like get, get the, that's what I'm going to start calling. Oh no. Oh, shit. oh no. <laughs> Yeah, like Aaron's busted ass aluminum. This guy foil is thing. worried that he's not going to get it up. 
Uh, mark that, Rob. We're yeah. out here. I think when the guy comes over, he says, I'm worried you're not going to get it up. He's not talking about your bench. <laughs> I fucking hate my life. What a gym are you going to? <laughs> yeah. It's like, those aren't kettlebells, sir. Rob, roll the note going. How's it going with you? So last week I teased that I had my Jeep stolen and I got a list of everything that was in the Jeep. My dad uh, sent me this, a list of everything. So I'm going to put it up on the screen here and show you guys because it is so full of shit, right? So I'm just going to read this left. Just read the left-hand column. Don't go to the right-hand column yet. Ready? Things in car. Okay. Yeah. Bowling ball. So again, I did have the grenade in the bowling ball in the car. This is all stuff that was stolen out of my soft top Jeep. So this is a two-door car. So picture a two-door car with all this. Yeah. Part of a weight set, two racquetball rackets, three racquetballs, two sets of goggles, a sweatband, three pairs of mesh shorts. Now, why would I have three pairs of mesh shorts in the car? Bad things can happen in one of in those. Car. I like that you only had Jeeps. part of a weight set. Like which part of the weight set? <laughs> I don't even get what that was. Like, did I, was it the weights <laughs> or the bar? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Fifty bucks. Fifty too, bucks. I, yeah, I, I tried to associate the price on all these, but obviously, you I'm, know, you you you've said uh, often that you. Leo's kind of like you, you know, and you're, you might be right. Cause your handwriting is horrible, Rob. It is how horrible, the hell, the, like, like how are you putting, like, <laughs> this is a visual joke, but how are you putting this list up here? And you're saying, please don't look at this list of CDs, which is obviously the first thing that I'm going to. All well, the rest of the shit, who cares? I, I can't. I'm going to get to the CDs. <laughs> Keep going, Rob. What else okay. is on the list of shit that got stolen? Next out of thing car? is medicine for Sweat dick band? medicine for dick too big. So that is on there. That's a hundred dollars. <laughs> Uh, so I've got two t-shirts. I've got a golf, golf chipping net. Okay. So I was walking around in a car with a golf chipping net, karaoke, Billy Bass. Like this is where it gets wild. And this is, by Whoa. the way, this is from memory. I remember that. I actually remember that being in your car. I know. I, I remember that best being in your car. Yeah. <laughs> so that. we're about halfway through the list. Uh, oh, there's say? like way more. Something primo edition. I don't even know what that is. Uh, imagine if, oh, that's what it's cranium primo edition. So now we get to the board game. That I, had in my car for some I had cranium. Imagine if uh, a CD adapter to radio, a CD oh, case. Important. I did put three fourths of a tank of gas on the list. Cause I want that back for my insurance <laughs> and then two pairs of tennis shoes. So in this car, I had two pairs, two pairs, by the way, I'm wearing shoes walking around. So I have two pairs in the car. I'm walking around two t-shirts, two, three things of mesh shorts. Like, can you, and I was married at this point. What is Jenny doing? Why doesn't she have me on track? What is her problem? I just okay. love how you put a, a three quarters of a tank of gas. Cause you're like, well, they're going to call bullshit on me. If I call the full tank, so full I got to put it right. down to three quarters of a tank, right? Like I'm going to save the $8 and not have them call well, bullshit. You know, and this was the car that they eventually the car, this car, I went to a high school reunion and I parked it. My dad was like, don't park in the bar parking lot. It's going to get hit. I was like, that's very smart. So I parked it outside. Wait, why would it get hit in the bar parking lot? Because it was like, you know, he's he's convinced that people are going to drive away drunk from the bar. You know, this is just one of those silly dad things. So sure enough, we get out uh, out of this high school reunion. We walk out. Some guy in a pickup truck with an American flag on the back goes, fuck yeah, bzz, like jams it, just floors it, goes right by me, peels out, takes a right, takes a left, peels out of the uh, parking lot directly into my car, which I had parked right outside the parking lot, <laughs> hits it so hard that it spins around over the curb. His license plate falls off into my car. The guy spins around and drives away. And my friend goes, holy fuck, he just hit that car. And I go, yeah, that's my car. And he goes, oh, shit. And then walks away. And I was like, so I was like, so my dad fucked me. He screwed up. I should have parked in the parking lot. I wouldn't have gotten hit. 
<laughs> that car was in the shop for six months, got back to me for a month. I then filled it up with all this shit, and then it was immediately stolen. So I was like, well, that car is cursed. I don't want it anymore. Goodbye. I want that Cranium game back. So, yeah, it's Primo Edition. So here are the CDs that were in the car. I've got the JBs, right? Yes. What's that? Who's the JBs? James Brown's backup band. So okay. yeah. I've got uh, Bob Marley, four disc set. Al Green, I've got one, two, nice. three, four. They might be Giants CDs. Oh, I've got gosh. the Donnas. Classic. I'm Two Donnas. Used to the Donnas this Mighty Wind soundtrack. Oh, the Donnas is a, such a great. I sh, I'm going to put some in the background. But sing it. Like, sing a Donna song for me, bro. Well, you can play my game. And it, it was an all girl rock band. They were so fucking good. I used to play them all the time. At I would have been. I would have been so pissed right now if I had stolen your car. If this was my haul, oh. I got to be honest with you. So I also want to remind you that in the car, also not listed on the insurance, were two bags of just garbage. <laughs> so once again, he did. So all of this stuff is in a two door car plus garbage. I got a Mighty Wind soundtrack, and then let's see what else I got CD-wise. I've got Mighty Elton John's Wind greatest hits, Cat Stevens' greatest hits, Tracy Chapman, uh, hits of the 80s, Time Life Bluegrass, Johnny Cash, Live at Folsom Prison. That's oh, a tough one. Oh, those. what an asshole. Oof. They stole that shit. Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash, VH1 Storytellers. Great album, oh, by the way. So good. You need that back. And then I've got albums I have no recollection of owning whatsoever. Run DMC greatest hits, Black Sabbath greatest hits. Do nice. not remember owning those at all. Might have been insurance fraud on my part. I'm not sure. <laughs> Got the Dr. Dre 2001. So I was wondering where that CD ended up. I love how some of these you're claiming are worth $15 and some are $14. Like you're putting the actual price in no depreciation or anything. No, I don't know. I Well, this was the time where like CDs like this, like uh, Rolling Stones, the London years. That was a four disc set, 35 bucks. Remember when you go to a store? Why did you price the Elton John ones at $14 and Dr. Dre at 15 I don't. I have no idea. I, I, <laughs> there's no way. There's no way I did much work. I mean, look at the handwriting. I obviously did this, I guess, as fast as possible. I'm sure what happened is my dad was like, hey, can you get me a list? I need it in five days. And I was like, okay. And then six days later, he's like, hey, do you have that list? And I was like, oh, yeah, I got it. Let me send it to you. And I did it <laughs> what are, what are the bottom two after Dr. Dre? I can't read your hand. Rolling right. Stones, Hot Rocks, and Rolling Stones, The London Years, which was a four-disc mm. box set. So that is all the shit that was in my car. Probably not worth it. Probably all going to get cut. But, God, I'm a slob. Did you, and this did is you the get best. a check? What happens when that, when that happens? Did you get a check for all that? So the, the car got stolen, and they and they sent me a check for the car, and they put, paid about the same that I had paid for it. When I bought it, because by the way, this is the car that I bought when I traded in the Miata because I realized that having a uh, convertible uh, rear wheel drive car is not effective in Minnesota winters. Not great. Great for going out and having one woman be able to sit with you in a car that ruled. Now, normally that one or- woman is usually just Russell and I hanging out. But, uh, that was awesome. Wait, what? Not so good. When I traded that in, I got the Jeep. The Jeep was immediately stolen, run into it and then stolen. Hey, listen, I'm going to go. Here's a challenge for you guys. I'm going to go to the bathroom. You guys talk amongst yourselves. And I'm going to come back and later when I edit it, I'm going to see how much you guys floated this thing without me, the main host. The other thing I was going to do for rolling going that we could talk about is when you guys get invited to a party, do you feel obligated to bring something? Like, do you have to bring a thing of wine? Do you have to bring something to eat? If you get invited to a dinner, if you just show up with yourself, are you an asshole or do you have to bring something what is your style when you get invited to something and you're not sure whether you should bring something or not? Luckily, luckily. But you guys have wives that will save you right. from doing That's something what I was going to say. Like, luckily, I don't have to think about that too often. And so, yeah. So I feel I mean, for you, Russell, because I have no idea. Like, I, I would normally not bring anything unless, it was, unless like, you knew it was like a potluck for a ball game or something like uh-huh. that. You know, like bring something over. But yeah, if it's just like, hey, we got... 
A few couples, a few people coming over. Like, yeah, I would, I'd have no idea. I went to so. something tonight. It was a few people coming over. It was a couple couples and then, you know, random rush showing up solo. But it was nice. You, you never know when are you supposed to show up with something. And are you a jerk if you if you roll in with nothing? So I had to bring a bottle of wine just because I figured then I don't even have to think about it. I can just put it on the table and at least I'm not the jerk. But Aaron, what do you guys bring when you show up to an event? I know you haven't been anywhere in a year and a half. No, you're right. I mean, wine he brings, is the he brings cheap like, ass aluminum foil. He brings aluminum yeah. foil. It's <laughs> like tissue paper. It's earth friendly aluminum foil. I mean, wine's the go to unless you're going to someone's house who yeah. who is uh, you know doesn't drink. Then yeah, it, wine's an easy one. Like, hey, I brought this wine. You can open it if you want, or if not, keep it. And people are always happy to have that. And that, that's that's an easy one. The other question is: if you showing up with wine at someone's party, are they obligated to open it? Let's say Aaron, you're having people over. They show up with wine. You have to open it and serve it, or you can just keep it. I think if it's a small party, then yes. I think if it's just, yeah. if you're the only one who brought wine, if it's a small enough thing, yes, you do have to open it and serve it. I think that's yeah, but you should you should definitely go there not expecting to take it home with you if it's not open. Oh, no, no, absolutely yeah. not. You don't I take love that home. idea that Russell would bring a bottle of wine to the party <laughs> and be like, well, nobody drank it. I'll just be taking this. <laughs> that seems like a George Costanza thing. So yeah. good. That's a Seinfeld episode. If somewhere. you're not going to drink it and you're not going to drink it, I'm going to take it home. Yeah. By the way, the fact that I left and I came back and you guys were actually having a good conversation, don't get that into your fucking heads, okay? That's not the way this shit's going to work. All that shit's getting edited out. I'm going to chop it up, make it sound real sloppy. Well, to the ten, our tens of listeners, if they like the, what they've heard in the last three minutes, they can yeah. listen to our secret, yeah. Check out our other secret podcasts. Po- uh, podcast that we've got. You're going to love the text chain that Rob's not on. <laughs> All right. So let's get into talking I about know I do. the talking heads. The talking heads are made up of four people. I mean, for the most part, it's David Byrne, but we've got Tina Weymouth on bass. We've got her husband, Chris France on drums, and then Jerry Harrison on guitar. So this album, the album before this one, on the tour, they got done, and a reporter was talking to uh, uh, Chris and Tina and said, what are you going to do now that David's never going to play with you guys again? And they said, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, I just talked to David Byrne. He said he's quitting the band. He's never going to play with you guys again. They are like, uh. So in response, they were like, well, we got to figure out what's going on. We don't know if we want to stay with him or what, and we need to work on our marriage. So they went down to Haiti. They did what any good couple would do when they're trying to save their marriage. They went down and got way into voodoo rituals. So they went down to Haiti. They were voodoo, doing some voodoo stuff. They were playing on the drums down there. And then eventually they got a place in the Bahamas where they just started jamming. Right. And eventually they invited David Byrne to come down and said, listen, there's been so much stress on you as like the, the, the lead person in this band. He has written all the songs. He'd write all the lyrics. He'd show up and kind be like, like the play main host this. a little bit. He was like the main. Yeah, exactly. And and I feel how he feels where it's like you have this idea and then people fuck around and don't do exactly what you think at all times. And then when you edit it, you're like, you yell at it and you say, this wasn't a funny joke. Fuck you. You know, stuff like that. And (laughs) this wasn't a funny joke. We're going to just jam and come up with songs as a jam. And then you're going to go and take the lyrics and you're going to write all the lyrics for this album on your own. And that's exactly what they did. And of course, uh, so David Burns, that's why a lot of the lyrics on this are kind of just nonsensical because he actually had writer's block. So he's like, well, I'm just going to kind of do some Dada type lyrics and see if it works. But what's really interesting about this album is that the way they made this album, and I think I think this you get a lot more out of this music if you know this, because I'm a smart music guy. They basically, every song on this album is just one chord and it's just one jam layered over and over. And then what they did is that they would strip out layers throughout the song. 
So at some point, you're going to hear like all the layers on top of each other, you know, different rhythms going on, different instruments, different noises. And then they would pull some out and put David Byrne singing on top. And, and so this is like Garage Band before Garage Band. Yeah. Mm. And, and what no, they're doing is that wait there's, a minute. What do, there's what do you got no, they did this before anyone else. They're trying to do African music, they're doing Felicuti's music. That's what they're trying to do. That's exactly what Felicuti did starting in, I mean, his earliest records were from the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, I did. He find, was looping the stuff in like this. Who's Fela Kuzi? I don't. I don't know enough about him. Tell me about Fela Kuzi. I love when Ni- I have a beer and I fill up a koozie with it. <laughs> He's a, a Nigerian musician who's um, you don't fill probably the, fill the most famous the African musician. He himself played mostly saxophone, I think, but then uh, was the composer. Uh, his most famous bands were Africa '70 and Nigeria '80, um, or sorry, Egypt '80, and he. Uh, uh, and also famously, his drummer was Tony Allen, who Brian Eno said was the greatest drummer who ever lived. And that was exactly what they did was they played long grooves. They, their songs were 15 minutes or more long. And they did this very, very technique of we're going to layer things in. I didn't notice that when Aaron sent me this clip and said, oh, you can fast forward to 11 minutes and 30 seconds in. I was like, classic Aaron clip. <laughs> 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 this is Cootie. Yes, this is equalization of trouser and pants. Say the title again. So you can hear this one's kind of a slow burner, which is kind of my preferred groove of his. But this is exactly what, and I read um, Chris Francis' autobiography called Remain in Love, which I found on Russell's Libby app. Uh, and he said they, they discovered the album Shakara by. Uh, Fela Kuti, which came out in 1970 Shakira, Shakira? or so. And so, I man, Alexa kept trying to play that when I was trying to play Shakara today. Oh, that has the tracks Lady and Shakara on it. But yeah, I they- tell you something, Aaron. When you're asking to hear music and Alexa's like, <laughs> what the fuck is your problem? So I, <laughs> I think there are good grooves on this album for sure, but they are full on borrowing and trying to do things that were already done. And in some cases, they come close. In some cases, they don't. I mean, that's the other problem is that a lot of Felicuti's music was his lyrics were political. And so to take Afrobeat and turn it into Dadaism is like mm, borderline offensive. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something we can talk about with this album is is borrowing versus, you know, it's like it's like, oh, this music is popular now that white people do it. It's yeah. But I want you to listen. Listen to the first song here, Born Under Punches, and just listen to how you hear the same things repeat over and over and over. <laughs> By the way, that was a good, uh, good three sentences, Bob. Thank I you. I really like that. <laughs> Shortening it up. But you can just hear it's a repeat. Yeah, they add stuff and take it away, but it's always the same. There's no chord change. There's no nothing. But I'll tell you what. Uh, Tina Weymouth, the bass player, she's getting it done on this album. She's driving this album, I think. Yeah, I think it's actually the. I I, I don't want to pick on Chris France because I actually enjoyed what he had to say. I don't want to interrupt you here, but take a look at these hands. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be an all-time like top top ten lyric that we've heard on the list so far. Take a look at these hands. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's enough to say about that. It's See, so Russell, good. Russell, don't ever apologize for interrupting Aaron. It feels good. Like it makes you feel like a real king. <laughs> Like I, yeah. get, I have to do shit all the time. I don't want to. When I get a chance to interrupt Aaron, oof, I savor that moment. It's so great. So take uh, a look at these hands. And then Russell, you want to meet it. So that song was about uh, Watergate. It's kind of it's setting the tone for now. The first part of this album, especially where you're hearing a lot of funk. Russell, you wanted me to play this part. Yeah. Here. One thing, if you jump to the end, did you guys kind of hear these 
beeps and blips. It's totally yeah. different than what we've heard. Maybe, maybe other than uh, what's the band that I can't stand again? What's that? Radiohead. Kid A. What's that band? Oh yeah, yeah Radiohead. What's that band? Kid A. I think you're referring the to Radiohead. The radio, it's, other than Radiohead, we haven't heard a lot of like I would. I don't know if this is techno. I don't know what you call this, but this is like there are beeps and blips. There's all sorts of stuff going on here. It's different than what we've heard, right? Rob, Rob play this quick. We haven't heard this type of thing too much, have we? No, and they're doing it in 1980, so... I think this is a guitar that they ran through a keyboard. Oh, there we go. Yeah, they're definitely doing a lot of cool tricks. Well, whatever it is, I know that if you look up... Hold on, sorry. If you... You look up MILF's dishwasher... Question mark? Stuck. Okay, no. If so, if you purple. if you look at genius, when you look at the lyrics on this, they actually genius. call out beeps and blips as a thing on this song. It's right. like we talked last week about gibberish lyrics, or a few weeks ago, we've talked yeah. about hand claps, finger symbols. They call out beeps and blips. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. What other artists do beeps and blips? It turns out, namesake of this podcast, Beck does beeps and blips. Check out this song, oh. We Dance by Beck. We dance alone. Finally, a song I can relate to. I mean, speaking of the room, like me dancing alone at the room. <laughs> so we got a few beeps and blips here, but Beck's not a one-shot pony on here. He does multiple ones. And when I listened to that song by the Talking Heads, I was like, this sounds like a Super Mario Brother character, like getting a bunch of coins, right? Like you're getting those coins and you're getting like, right keep it going russell keep going with the beats i love it 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 turns out beck also did a remix album called hell yes where he mixed famous songs from one of his uh i forgot the album but he mixed famous songs with game boy or nintendo 8-bit video game clips check out this song hell yes by beck which is a remix of one of his songs oh yeah there's some beeps and blips there this is like 8-bit Nintendo music right here. That's Yeah, it takes me right back to childhood. So when it comes to making albums with beeps and blips <laughs> and Nintendo-sounding songs, who does it better? Beck oh, did Beck. it better. Beck definitely does. You're damn right, Matt. I don't know, guys. That song is so <laughs> funky. I mean, that's Nailed a funky it. opening song. I think that's a great opening song. And now we get to, um, all right, uh, Cross-Eyed and Anus. No, Cross-Eyed and Painless. Here we go. A lot of this music is, when you listen to the lyrics, super, super paranoid. I think it's a lot of the theme of David Byrne's work. What do you say? Why is it paranoid? What, like, is that the lyrics or why do you hear that? Yeah, it's kind of about somebody who's losing their identity and he's not sure what to do about it. And then a lot of his other albums are about, like, you know, a dystopian futures and kind of getting worked up. I mean, did did you ever see the video for um, Once in a Lifetime, what it looks like? No. Dude, Dude's stressed in that video. He's like, oh, uh, oh. And all the time he would talk about how he moves around on stage. He's like, oh. If you ever see David Byrne perform, he is, he is, uh, and if you said, oh, he's a paranoid guy, you would not be surprised by that. I read an anecdote about Cross-Eyed and Painless, and Russell referenced the facts are simple, or facts are, I can't remember exactly how the lyrics go. Uh, that this, this to me sort of <laughs> hey, Aaron, sums up to that part anyway. So his band's yeah. approach Dropped to life, shit. which is like, God grant us all the confidence of some art school kids. He was struggling how to fit in the lyrics of facts are simple, and someone said, Oh, well, rap music is a thing now. Just just rap it. Because 
they played, and then they, and then the story is that they played him Curtis blows. These are the breaks. And he was like, Oh yeah, I could rap. And so he <laughs> just to like walk out there and be like, Oh yeah, it's fine. You don't have to sing anymore. You can rap and did walk and out there my and think you could do it. <laughs> By the way, Aaron Curtis blow update. How is Curtis blow doing? As far as I'm aware, he's fine. I looked him up last week to be sure, but yeah, the head, the heart transplant seems to be okay. So I'm very glad to, very glad about that. I'm also pretty sure Curtis Blow just had a heart transplant. All right. So that's our <laughs> weekly Curtis Blow update. I wasn't listening to what Aaron was talking about, but I'm sure he said something <laughs> that was very Wipe uh, off the whiteboard where Aaron has gone two weeks without talking about Curtis Blowing. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Sorry, Curtis Blow. That's right. It is, this is it? a good one. I, I appreciate that joke, Russell. <laughs> Sorry, I try. All right. Aaron, what's this what's this next song called? The Great Curve. That's what I'm gonna start calling my penis. All <laughs> right, here we one go. Bends, the other one ends. I mean, listen to this. We got this some bongos on this drum. We've yeah, talked congas before. We got bongos here. But this is another one where you can hear that looping. And, and right. there's a ton of layers going on here. It's This is like a good hen house. You know what I mean? Lots of layers. What's a hen house? What are you talking about? A good hen house? Layers. <laughs> what am I missing here? What the fuck don't you understand about a hen house? They did it for five minutes and Tony Allen would do this for 15 minutes. Just one guy just on the, on the drum set. And then additional percussion as needed. But it's just different. There's no, there's no comparison. Am I like stroke? What's, What's going on? What's going on? What are you talking about? We were talking about a hen house. Huh? Yeah, I'm talking about the oh drums. Matt, what's our podcast called? You and I are doing. Rob and <laughs> Rob and the silent guy. Rob and the silent guy, yeah. <laughs> Rob and that guy that fell asleep. Matt, can you explain to Russell what a ago. hen house is, please? And why that has a lot of layers. No. Oh, my God. It's a good <laughs> See? joke. It's a hen See? house is where hens are in their lane. Chickens it's a chicken laying coop. eggs. Yeah, he's saying Okay, fine. How about eggs? this? It's like a chicken coop. It's got a lot of layers. Don't they have levels, not layers? No, the chickens are laying the eggs. They laid the eggs. These are my layers. Uh, Guys, if you got that uh, joke originally, can you text the Beck's line? I got it. 802 277 Beck. Say, I got it. I get it. Just let me see. Did you get the joke? If you didn't get it, text and say, I didn't get it. There's layers. They're chickens. They're laying. They're laying eggs. Sorry, Rob. Rob, give me a better heads up next time and I'll laugh harder at your joke next time. All right. Once in a lifetime. Oh, crusher. This is a banger. And this is the song that really got big, partially because the video got tons and tons of airtime. If you get a chance, you should watch this video. And you're Oh, this song just wails. Amazing what green screen, how much better it's gotten since this video. And is that are they doing the backwards <laughs> guitar sound? That sounds like a Beatles or a Prince trick, right? Are they is doing this an all-time song or is this too popular where music fans don't like it? Aaron, Matt, what are your thoughts on this song? This song is an all-timer, isn't it? I'd say it's like a top 500 all-time. I don't that, know. If it's but like that's a top pretty damn 100. good, right? It puts yeah. me in a place, right? Was this ever in a John Hughes movie? Like something about this song just makes me feel like I'm, you know, nine and watching a movie that I shouldn't be watching. Kind of feel, you know. I'm, I'm telling you, when you watch this video, I had like, like tactile memories of being a young person watching MTV, watching that video. Like I hadn't realized how many times I'd seen that video, but I could name all the parts where he's like squatting down and then doing the dance. Watch it sometime. It's, it's a, it's a totally a wild one. The one thing I noticed on that song, and I think they played it too. You heard it a lot on cross-site and painless. That second track, you heard a little cowbell. And I gotta be honest, guys, I've got a little fever. 
Oh. And the only prescription oh. is more cowbell. So I'm giving you a list on the greatest songs ever featuring the cowbell. Love it. You know what I've realized is that Russ gets all excited for his list and then we play this long sound thing and it's so boring and it takes all the momentum. It's it's no less boring than my list, but you guys you guys accommodated. No, so I appreciate we talked about you. this, Russell. Positive, positive. Yeah, right, first cowbell. up on the list, we have to talk Blue Oyster Cult, Don't Fear the Reaper when it comes to the cowbell, right? Yeah. Obviously famous for the Will Ferrell sketch on SNL. I was sitting next to the drummer from Blue Oyster Cult at a sailing thing out on Long Island. I was with somebody and they're like, oh, there's a drummer from Blue Oyster Cult. And I was, and I, I almost turned and I was like, hey, I really need some more cowbell. And I was like, I bet he Wait, this it. isn't People even a joke. I thought there was going to be a joke there. And I know what you guys are saying. How did you sit next to the drummer for Blue Oyster Cult and not realize it? The thing is, Rob, nobody knows <laughs> the drummer from Blue Oyster Cult. That's where the sketch came from. Will Ferrell said he was listening to the song. And he's like, who the heck is this guy that is playing the cowbell on the song? Because it's kind of faint. And so there's actually disagreement between the band on who actually played the cowbell on the song. The drummer's brother claims he played it and a producer also claims he's played it. So not, no one's even sure who actually played the cowbell. I'm don't fear the reaper. You know what? I would say that that's a weird story that they wouldn't remember. But then again, I listen to this podcast sometimes like from a week ago and I have no recollection of things we've said. <laughs> so I totally get it. Next up on the list, hmm. we're going back to kind of the eighties here. This is, hmm. By the Lips hmm. Incorporated, the song is called Funky Town. You guys remember a this Minneapolis one? Minneapolis band. This is a Minneapolis record. Is you it really? That, is it? Yes. You hear that cowbell in Are the you back? saying that Funky Town? Oh, yeah. Listen to that. They're really hammering that bell. Are you saying that this Funky is like Town a, is Minneapolis? Yeah. I think it was recorded in Minneapolis. Yeah, there's a whole... The songwriter... Like stag dance staple. You guys, the songwriter... And the producer was named Steve Greenberg, and he was living in Minneapolis, and he was bored with it, and he wrote this song about moving to New York, Rob. This guy was living your life. He oh. moved from Minneapolis to New York, and he was in Minneapolis, and he was writing this song all about moving to New York, and it became this huge hit. There's a whole thing at the Minnesota Historical Society. Yeah. I always thought that song was about, like, if you owned a circus and you had a lock on the door and you had to have a key to get in, that would be a pretty fun key. What? Won't you take me to Fun Key Town? Fun Key Town? No, Fun Key. It gets me in the circus. It's a fun key. I, I try so hard this. not to laugh. And then when you say it again, then I do. I laugh anyway. The ah. repeating of the joke is Remember one of we, my main <laughs> weapons in my arsenal. I've Rosie, we, we, we've we talked about this. You have to just say, oh, come yeah. on. Rob. All right. You have I've to start. A trivia for you. We're going to see if you guys can get this. This song hit number one in 28 countries, Funky Town. Oh. It, was the, it set the record for the most... Hit number one in the most countries. What song beat it eventually 30 years later? It held the record for 30 years. Uh, what's it called? The, I'm going to uh, say, I will always love you. No, Incorrect. Sai, what, what is that? The Korean song, the Gangnam style. Gangnam style. Incorrect. That's my guess. Living La Vida Loca. You guys are all incorrect. It was some song <laughs> called hung up by Madonna. 35 years later. In like the mid 2000s, you heard a song hung up? No, I don't think I so. You hear it in the background right now. Yeah. yeah. No one's ever heard of this shit. <laughs> that reminds me of. A... Which means I should not bring it up on the podcast, probably. <laughs> no, that reminds me of, of what happens sometimes when Russell has to call somebody before a date. <laughs> it got hung up, yes. You know what? You should try using my funky 
sound bit. I think that's a good way. That's honest, honestly the cleanest joke I thought we were going to get out of the word of hung on this podcast. <laughs> Next up on the list, Time Has Come Today. Do you guys remember the Chambers Brothers at all? I love this song. I don't think all I right, do. Crank it up, Rob. Crank it. You're that cowbell? Oh, the yeah. This was in The Five Bloods, right? Matt, wasn't this the Sounds opening like credits it, yeah. in The Five Bloods? Oh, this is yeah. little... I know this was in the... Oh, what was that funny movie? Oh, yeah, Girl Interrupted. This is on the Girl Interrupted song. Oh, God. <laughs> so this is like this is psychedelic rock. They were trying to add like yeah, a TikTok, and so they decided to do it with dueling... What's it called? Cowbells. But the <laughs> yeah. interesting thing, when they first made this song, they played it on a bumper of a Cadillac. They would instead of they didn't have a cowbell, so they would play it on a Cadillac bumper, and that was what they originally used. And then they decided eventually someone stole it from them, and they had to actually buy a cowbell. I was like, that's pretty cool. Fascinating. I bet yeah, they. I wonder if when the Cadillac got stolen, if it had two bags of garbage in the backseat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and three quarters of the list. One cowbell, <laughs> aka bumper, two bags of garbage. By the way, I didn't want any money for that garbage. I just want to point that out again. I'm an honest person. <laughs> How pissed would you be if you stole Rob's card? It's like you're oh. digging through. It's like, wait, there's just a bunch of banana peels and shit in here. Well, you know what? I told that story to Rosie the other day, and he's like, you should have put a bunch of women's underwear on there, and then they'd buy you a bunch of women's underwear. And I was like, what? <laughs> Doesn't make sense. And he's like, yeah, sense. That's why you'd want women's underwear. And I'm like, oh, gross. Well, that's not the new ones. <laughs> what? Oh, Aaron. <laughs> one's gross. Well, if you wanted you wanted women's underwear from a gin-soaked barroom queen in Memphis, the next song on the list is "Honky Tonk Women" oh. by the Rolling Stones. Matt, one of your one of your favorites. My here. sister lives in Memphis. Honky Tonk. You hear the cowbell in the background? Oh yeah, it's right there. And this was played by their producer Jimmy Miller, who originally played with George Clinton and the Parliaments, and Clinton later said, "Aaron." That when Jimmy Miller left to go play or produce the Rolling Stones, he took a lot of the funkiest stuff over to the to London. So he was oh, actually a producer sense. with your boy, George Clinton. Jeez, this is good stuff. When the Rolling Stones tried to do honky tonk after that guy left, it sounded like this. Like Mick Jagger being like oh, by the way, I'm doing a great Mick Jagger. I'm that's a good one, Russell. I'm telling you, fellas, though, you're going to want more cowbell on this podcast. So the final song that we got to hear is called Grazing in the Grass by Hugh Masekela. I don't know if you guys remember this one, but check it out. Yeah. Can you dig it? Oh, such a smooth tone. You know this one? Yeah. And you can hear he's doing polyrhythm on the cowbell. This is the only one. So this is African music, right? This is the only so one. So a where lot of people, you're right on, Aaron. A lot of people say that Hugh Masekela is a trumpet player, but a lot of it, he's from South Africa. A lot of people say that his melodies have a lot in common with African-influenced pop, including Paul Simon and the Talking Heads. That's right. So I thought that was a great way to end the list. Love with it. That kind of same similar influence, right? And one of the last albums of Tony Allen, Tony Allen's life was an album called Rejoice with Hugh Masekela. Very cool. Love it, Russell. Yeah, New list. Cowbell, I gotta have more cowbell. Aaron, would Every you time. shut up about who's dead and listen to this clip that I'm clicking? Gotta have more cowbell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> By the way, r- uh, real quick, Rosie, yeah. we go on a little side bend here. That you uh, know, the five bloods, 
The fact that Delroy Lindo did not get nominated yeah. for Best Actor Awful, right? is a tragedy. A crime. So, yeah, great movie. Highly recommend it. And what was the 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 whole album or the whole movie? Um, there was one of our albums we listened to was played. What's going the whole on? Thing. What's yeah, going what's on? What's going on? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. So highly recommended. But Delroy Lindo, I didn't know the dude's name beforehand, but holy cow to that guy. He acted his his pants off. I loved him yeah. in Star Wars too, Delroy Lindo Calrissian. Um so <laughs> that, by the way, that was on today's uh Wheel of Fortune before every time, before every man, time Rose. nobody got <laughs> every, it. No, Matt, you're hundred percent right. I'm with you on that, Matt. What the fuck? You've never said that to me in my life. Where that makes you feel bad. <laughs> That's bullshit. Oh, is that is that Grazing in the Grass? Is that a cover of the Friends of Distinction, or is the Friends of Distinction a cover of that one? Because the version I'm familiar with is the Friends of Distinction version. I'm not familiar with that version. Okay, well, you're hearing it in the background right now. I that's I to me it's the part with the lyrics. That's actually my alarm when I wake up. Is the Friends of Distinction? Is that that's my alarm? And it's a great way to wake up every morning. You're just like, yeah, grazing in the grass. I can dig it. He can dig it. We can dig it. Chicken dig it. You can dig it. We can dig it. That's All impressive. right, so I'm getting that look that I get from my from my co-host here when I'm talking too much. I actually was really enjoying your rendition of that. <laughs> I mean, you can you can play, but I I like how you were singing that. It sounded good. Do it again. Thank you. I can dig it. You dig it. You can dig it. Come on, let's hear. Come on. We can dig it. She can dig it. They can dig it. You can dig it. And you dig it. Yeah, that one is from '69. I got to figure that the Hugh what's his name's version was before that, but yeah. I'll play that for you guys after the podcast. This dumb shit uh, podcast Hugh, we gotta get through. I think the Hugh Masekela version was recorded <laughs> in, in 1968. It made it to number one in 68, Matt. It's another one of those, like, everybody's just recording the same song. Like, yeah, fuck it. It's a good song. Everybody record it. I think that's so funny. All right. Houses in Motion. This one, they pushed his voice way to the back of this mix. This is the last good song on the album. And I would told I was just gonna say that I think this is where the funkiness ends, and we start getting put to sleep after this. Yes. So listen, what happened? You guys like this song? You I like this? I think it's a nice groove. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. You're not into it, not into it, Russell? No, I do like it. But I, we talked about this on the post game show last time, where I thought when we hit Talking Heads, we've reached the point where we're at albums that can no longer claim they're in the top ten, right? I, I felt like we hit a we hit a breaking point where we dropped off a little bit with this talking ads album, but I've really liked the first half of the album. I thought the first half is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a nice album, but I got to admit, I did not listen to the back half of this album, half of this album more than just a few times. Like it's no hell no. I, 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 I didn't need it. So seen and seen and not seen. It's, you can tell here where they were a jamming, like a jam band, and then he just put the lyrics over top, which is totally different than he'd done it in the past. You can hear it here where it's just like, it sounds like he kind of wandered into the room and is like, hey, what's going on? Like, you know. <laughs> is this, I read that Robert Palmer was uh, played percussion on a lot of these songs. Mm, is that the right. same Robert Palmer that did all the 80s hits? Yes, indeed. Well, you know, because he was their neighbor in the Bahamas where they recorded this. After they went to Haiti, they went to the Bahamas and the bass player and the drummer said, hey, you know, uh, David, come on down. We're just jamming. Just hang out and listen to this. And he was like, oh, okay, I will. And then Robert Palmer there was there actually on um, rehab because it turns out that he had been addicted to love. And so he was trying to get over that. 
you might as well face it. You're addicted to love. Mm-hmm. That's my one other fun factoid I was going to give about this album is that they were also recording, maybe it was back in New York and not in in Nassau. They were recording next door to ACDC doing Back in Black. They were uh, yeah. ACDC was in Studio A and Talking Heads were in Studio B. Like, that shit is amazing. That's so wild that they could have just wandered around and been like, oh, hey. Uh, well, not Bon Scott because he was gone, but hey, Brian Johnson, you're... Recording back in black. That's wild. Can you imagine you're playing a song that's like, okay, we're going to layer this on top of this. And read it all next door. They're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love those. It's such a fun. It's thing like, okay, we're going to, we're going to have one guitar, one bass and one drum. And then everybody's just going to scream. And it's like, okay, there's an album. We got it. Listening. Speaking of listening, listening wind. This should be called No One's Listening because if you hit like the sound seven to eight on this album, you are fast forwarding through it. Like, I want to give this album more credit because I did enjoy the first half, but man, the final two or three songs are pretty well. This rough. Is the, this is the penultimate song. And then the last one, I, there's a funny Oof. story with this last one. This is The Overload. Sounds like Pink Floyd to me. And I got to admit, when I picked a time for this song, I just moved it randomly because it's all this. It's it's, all can you imagine a right. worse way to end an album? Like, especially after last week where we had burned this disco out. Yeah. And then the polar opposite song, which is The Overload. But the story behind this song is kind of funny. And that is that David Byrne and the Talking Heads heard about Joy Division. Right? Here's Joy Division. Now, how th- in the hell do you make those connections? You can still dance Wikipedia. They never listened to Joy Division. They heard about Joy Division. Somebody explained it to them. So they were like, well, we're going to make a song like Joy Division. Never listened to it. So then they came up with this. (laughs) It's about on par. The funniest part is, and it kind of explains David Byrne in a nutshell, is that he later heard Joy Division. He was disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like his version of what he thought Joy Division would be. Can you imagine if you were Joy Division? You're like, hey, we're parroting you guys. This is what we came up with. And they played this like Pink Floyd sad song. What? I don't even know what that I is. I got a feeling listening to Joy Division, they don't care about too much. They're just like, nah. Also tragic. This is the only Joy Division song I know and I really like it. But I've never listened to any other Joy Division <laughs> That over, that it, Overlord song or whatever, Overload or whatever it's called, has got to be, I know we don't want to be negative, but that's not one of the best songs we've heard on the list so far. It's got to be in the bottom 10%. It's right? way down there with yeah. a couple of those Velvet Underground dogs, I think. The Closer to Nevermind was also shitty, but I and thriller joke, Rob. Yes. No, yep. well. Lady, my life's terrible. No it's, not a, no, it's not a joke because. I, you know, I was not invited to Aaron's wedding. And that's something we can talk about later. Aaron's, Aaron's first, Aaron's first dance. He loved Joy Division so much. His first dance at his wedding was this song. <laughs> you know, just kind of. And his wife said, yeah, it kind of fits the mood of how I feel pretty well, actually. Okay. All right. So that is it for remain in the light. Let's get to my favorite part. Of the no, podcast. it's all our listeners. Favorite Everyone's part. favorite. Now, all the listeners. I did get some clarifying Everybody. emails that people said it's our favorite part because it's the end. And I was like, well, that's cool. like, <laughs> oh, you don't, yeah. you know, it's like what my, my dates say. It's kind of always <laughs> disappointing. Yeah. Oh, it's four 30 already. Whoa. Time for bed. What's the highlight of your day been? The end of this date. <laughs> Whoa. Robbie, I, laugh at that. Oh, I was too sorry. serious. Thank you. I'm going to take you to lips. Funky town. That's what I tell him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Add that too. That was part of it. All right, listen, is this album, this album is 38 on the list. And I knew that. It's not a big deal. I didn't edit that in earlier. 
What is it, Matt? 39. Like I said, this <laughs> album is 39 on the list. Okay. Uh, is this album Rolling Well Tone? That means it's perfect at 39. Everybody, oh my God, everybody, we we oh, we got the Rolling Stone magazine. <gasps> New list, Bruce Springsteen on the cover. Let's see what's going on. Where are the talking heads? Where's the main light? 39. Perfect. Love it. That means it's Rolling Well Toned. Did it get Rolling Boned? Okay. That means it should not be 39. It should have been 38. It should have been 37. If you're Russell, maybe it should have been in the top 10. Or is this a rolling groan? You did not like this album. It should not be 39. It should be lower on the list, 40, 41. So in that sense, it's not as good as uh, Rolling Stone thinks it could be. You you ran home. You opened the magazine. You looked and you said, no, damn you, Jan Venner, whatever his name is. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling bone, or Deep rolling cut. bone? Ah, uh, you know, I'm tired tonight, so I'm just going to go with this is uh, rolling. Uh, wait a minute. I you, forgot what you said. What did you say again? You think it, you like it or don't <laughs> like no, it? No, because when I try to do the I joke where I talk over it. you, you talk I, through me. I know. So I'm so not gonna, you know, don't do that because you can't have it both ways. You either got to play the game or don't. Yeah, play we it. better start this podcast over. Yeah. All right. Um, I think it's too high in the list. So the, lo- the number is too low. Mm-hmm. So I need it to be farther down the list, which means it needs to have a higher, higher number. number. So it makes sense. To so me. What is that one? Well, it's like a good cash register. It makes sense. You know? Yeah. So oh, no, I think I, I, there, there's, there's too much good stuff back. coming up. The, uh, the like it has one good song, one excellent song. What song? What, what is the best song? Uh, the one that the Rob did the parody of at the beginning of the, the one that everyone the knows the one once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once yeah. in a lifetime. So, you know, like that's like a top 500 song. I don't know if it's top 100 song, but it's a top 500 song. And so because of that, I think it gets up here. And then just what, you know, the bands that came after Depeche Mode, uh, In Excess, they they opened up the the 80s, I think, to this kind of genre of music. So there is something to be said there. But uh, for the most part, it's uh, Rolling Groaned. Is that right? That is correct. All right. Rolling Groaned. Damn, man. I'm impressed. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? I read a is this a rolling well toned? Is this a rolling bone or is this a rolling groan? You make the decision and your time is now. So go ahead. I don't recall now if it was uh, David Byrne or Brian, you know, I think it was David Byrne who said we were going for Afrobeat. We fell short, but we made something else that was, you know, good or great. I don't know what he said. Uh, I think there's some really good grooves on this album, but um, you know, when we talked about voodoo, uh, I felt that Voodoo was rolling well-toned and not rolling bone because there were other albums that Voodoo was um, inspired by or, or taking ideas from that were much further down on the list. And in this case, they were either fully um, mimicking Fela Kuti's Aphrodisiac album, or they were inspired by his album Shakara or any number of other LPs that he put out. Most of his stuff was two sides that were, you know, 30 minutes long total. And um, there's just no way to me that any, uh, there's some good grooves on here, but it just doesn't touch anything that, that Fela did. So, and I don't even know if he's on the list at all. So this uh, to me is a hard rolling groan. Oh, I thought you were going to say a hard uh, rolling bone. That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. Oh, right. <laughs> Russell. Curve. I, I don't like when Aaron always calls it the great curve offline either. That's, good. That's getting a bit much, Aaron. That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. Oh, right. The great okay. curve. That's enough. Cody Chestnut has a great line. He says, I got a hard dick with a curve. That's all you deserve. Yeah, what kind of fucker is this? <laughs> all right. We're getting to that point in the night where I'm more interested in playing my sound effects than listening to anybody. So, Russell, what do you think? Listen to Aaron in particular. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, Eric, come on. You know I love you. Mona. I came into this album not expecting a lot. Like I said, I thought when we heard this one, I was like, okay, we've reached a breaking point where we're no longer in the top tier albums. We're down to a second tier. But I have to say, I really like the first half of the album way more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love yeah. the bongos. I love the cowbell. I thought there was so much going on with the first half. For me, it's unfortunate the second half just didn't live up to the first half. So I'm going to give yeah. it a rolling groan. But I like the album way more than I thought I, I would like it. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when you think of Talking Heads, you think about Psycho Killer. You think about Take Me to the River. You think about that yeah. Warzone song. And this album is just so funky. But then even like the main hit off this album isn't as funky as those opening tracks. I love those opening tracks. I, I love the way this album opened. I think it was great. Hey, Rob. I agree. Take a look at these hats <laughs> like that. It's hard to beat that that line too. We got to give it credit. Well, that's what you know. Luke Skywalker said when he saw the Millennium Falcon. Take a look at these hands. Uh, so he said, "Take a look at their hands." Hands. It's pretty, well, also in Die Hard when he was trying to get up to Nakatomi Tower. Look at take a look at these hands, Gruber. Uh, all right, but Luke only had one hand for a while, briefly. <laughs> You're right, Aaron. I was trying to bring the energy too high up. We got to bring this baby back down. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is a rolling slow down, is what I wrote. How did I pronounce that? Rolling slow down. You know, in my head, when I wrote this down, it seemed like a good idea. This is a rolling slow down. It gets so slow at the end. Okay, yeah, I mean, we're talking about beats per minute. This thing was getting way down. Those beats per minute were getting way too low. So uh, you don't want those beats to get too low. No, 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 no. I <laughs> keep think, it at a medium pace, right? Yeah, I think. Uh, let's see, beats. I think if you, you know, it's like being a farmer. You got to have lots of beats. Uh, per Sugar minute. beats. I'm so sorry. If it's like a farmer in the Revolutionary War, lots of beats per minute, man. Oh no! Yes, oh, I'm no. still going. Okay, wait. No, I can do another one. I can do another oh, one. No. Beats. What comes after men? What comes beats, after yeah, men? beats per minute made. Listen, what if I was making juice out of beets and beets per minute made? Like, oh, I love this juice. It's so good. Guys, I could do this all night. I don't need any jackasses on this podcast. Listen, next up, though, that's it for the Talking Heads, my favorite band, apparently. Next up, we've got David Bowie, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust, and the spiders from Mars. So that Ziggy fun. play guitar. When you am I, am I right? Like, we've reached the point where these albums are no longer top 10 eligible, yes. right? Yes. I think there are some after this one, though, that maybe not top 10 eligible. This, one is, this one's not even top 100 eligible. No, guys, you, don't, you don't think we're at a tipping yes. point yet, No, Outcast ain't Coney. I think this is an outlier. Beck did it better. One thing we've talked about on... Uh, earlier podcast was where the different strokes on the congas, but we didn't even get to talk about the strokes on the bongos. And I looked them up and they're very similar, but they have a different name. And have you guys ever heard of the slap play for the bongo? No. Rob, do you want to know what that consists of? I, you, I do. You I'm cup your fingers as you strike the head mm-hmm. and then you relax your fingers and let you let them bounce off the head. That's the way you play the bongo, Rob. You guys could laugh. No, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out how this works. I'm trying to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Or there's also the heel tip movement, which is the fourth fourth stroke for the congas. (laughs) You you rub your hand on the head and rock from the heel of your palm to the tip of your fingers. That's the way you do the heel tip move. What if I release the episode and it was just this? No setup, no nothing. It's just Russell saying the different strokes of the bongo, and that was the whole episode. That's always the muted tone. 
That's like we need a new. We need a new clothes. Let's get a new clothes. No, here. that's like they have that. Uh, they have that new drive-through head shop where you can get a bongo. Bongo. <laughs> yeah, it's drive-through. I've just yelled these nuts at you. Don't worry, we're stopping way before any of that. <laughs> <laughs>